0: Welcome to Season 3 of Marla by the Numbers, the podcast from the International Association of Affairs and Expositions with your host, Marla Calico, the President and CEO of the IAFE. Podcast number 23 is sponsored by ETIX. Today's guest is Kathy Ross of Ross Concessions, and the topic is the five things to know about mobile concession business today. Let's listen in. Well, welcome, Kathy Ross. It's great to have you with us today on our podcast. Now, you and I have known each other for a while, but particularly the last few years, we've had a chance to work together. Most recently, you are serving on our IFE Board of Directors, representing associates, and for that, we're very glad. And then also, we worked closely with you when you were president of NICA. I think a lot of folks got to know you then. But tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how it came to be that you're a concessionaire. Well,
1: I started in the fair business showing Holstein animals. I was a dairy farmer's daughter and showed cows from the age of eight and up in 4-H program. Um, I fell in love with a boy working in a funnel cake trailer uh, during nursing school. I was at a summer job during nursing school. So I finished my nursing program and and, and started a business with him, got married. Um, I have a son who just got married. So that was our, our winter project. Um, We have food concessions. We own six trailers. Uh, I have a niece that's come into the industry and and is probably our our exit plan is my niece. We we hope to retire someday soon, but we enjoy it. Uh, There's never a dull moment. There's always something new. And when you get tired of one location, it's time to go to the next one. So it all works out well.
0: Yeah, that's right. Something new every year. Now your home base is in Florida, but you do go up farther up the East Coast. Is that correct? Some of your fairs are up the East Coast?
1: We're uh, based in Pennsylvania in the summer. That's our home. We get to see our family and we do our hometown fairs, the ones I show cows at.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's it's. I've been to those fairs for many years and have a lot of great, great relationships there.
0: Oh, that's fabulous. I love your background. Always, Always the dairy cattle We rock. Appreciate that. Well, listen, Kathy, you know, you've been a great advocate, particularly in your role with uh, NICA, about the importance of having a great working relationship between uh, our food concessionaires and our fairs. And so we wanted to focus today on Five key things that you think it's really important uh, for folks to understand that will help make us uh, have a better relationship because we're all in this together. And you and I were talking earlier, and and you said before we ever get to those five, we've got to talk about our customers. What about that?
1: Yeah, I want to focus on the customer because um, if it weren't for them, none of us would have a job. So um, anything that you feel that might trigger them is something that we probably shouldn't do. In our business, we think about you know. Moving the napkins. Do I put the napkins out on the counter so that they can help themselves or do I keep them in so I can hand them out? These things, are, it's a thought process that includes them. So we always want to keep them, as we say, the the person not in the room, we want to make sure that they're, they're focused on because they are, are the reason we live and breathe
0: absolutely it's 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 all about them and making sure that they're happy so they keep coming back to us whether it's paying to come in through the fair and then ultimately coming and buying your fine products well okay so w- with everything we do we're going to focus on them but let's get into your five things what's the first thing on top of your list that you feel is so important
1: communication any successful relationship starts with good communication and if we can't communicate freely and and openly and share our thoughts and concerns, then success is is not going to be there. Um, When you take the number of experienced years on your midway, if you take my 35 years and the next vendor's 30 or 20 years, you have hundreds of years of fair experience on your grounds that we are very willing to share our experiences and our positives and our negatives and have you tried and maybe we can and it's funny. I just had a conversation with a new fair manager. Who came to visit me at the last fair we were at, and in the conversation, we we helped to solve two problems, just that simply. Just say, well, what would have you tried this, and ask these folks, and move that there, and and you get so used to seeing your fair as, as the way it is, it, and we see it differently because we see so many that um, we were so excited to help fix something <laughs> that in just a conversation with her. So um, yeah. communication just. Bring it to us. Um, small changes that you think that aren't going to impact anybody, like moving a, a seniors' day from one day to another, it impacts us. Whether it's a labor issue that we have to make sure we have more people on board, or um, a supply issue that we need to know we need to have better more stock for that day. Um, those small changes that don't seem to things that you may change in just the stroke of a pen, they really do impact us, and it, we need to we need to know those things.
0: So what have you seen in, in the fairs that you have been a part of or through your work with NICA in particular, the fairs that have a successful program or what have they implemented that, that really keeps those lines of communication open?
1: Communication committees, NICA is a promoter of communication committees. We have a pamphlet that will help, a phone call we can help set up. Um, the thought process is, is you take some trusted concessionaires, include all facets, include your commercial exhibits, and your food concessions and then possibly your grounds guy or your electrician and then your concession manager and 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 gather wherever that may be, whether it's a picnic table, an office, uh, an offsite, a Zoom meeting, um, and just have an open conversation about what your concerns are. Your concerns for us, our concerns for you, um, you know, do we need more 50 amp pedestals? Do we need more sewer hookups? Whatever it should be. We need to just, it's just a communication. Um, fairs have a concern that it becomes a, a, a bitch session. Um, if you choose your representatives well, y- you'll get professional representatives that aren't gonna just rattle you. And the first few may be a lot of things, but if, if the person feels like they're heard and there may come some solutions out of it, then it turns into a really positive situation.
0: Yeah, one of the things too I, I've wondered about you—you you live a mobile life. Well, you—I know right now you're at home in between fairs, but when it comes to things, for example, like the fair telling you that uh, they've they've changed the promotions, uh, how how is it best to do it? Are you checking your email every day? How is the best way to figure out and and for the fairs to make sure you're up to date on what the plans are for the coming event?
1: Yeah, I believe email is probably the easiest way. Um, some contracts are still being sent mailed and that's fine. And there's usually a cover letter on that that would highlight any new changes for the year. But um, an e- email update is is totally acceptable. There are some text opportunities. If you have a, a text thing with your fair and your vendors, uh, a shot to them saying, hey, today we're expecting bad weather or mm-hmm. um, the special needs kids will be here this morning or, you know, those kind of texting things are are very welcomed.
0: Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I I think number two on your list is something you just barely touched upon. And we I heard that word 50 amp pedestals and all when we talk about electricity. Uh, Number two on your list, infrastructure. Things are changing, aren't they? They are.
1: They are. And what I just spoke to um, a, a vendor that said that because he's going to a grounds that's been closed for two years, they're finding their 50 amp breakers are no longer any good, which I didn't even realize happened when you don't wow. use them, they, they deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, infrastructure in all facets is an issue um, with the new trailers that were coming out um, more they're fitting more equipment in it, which requires more power. So instead of a 50 amp service we're asking for 60 to 100 amp services, which are big it used to be the only thing that needed that was a big ice cream trailer. It, it, things are changing. Um, our, our our support vehicles are carrying more refrigeration and things, so that we can carry more stock. So they're requiring more. Our house trailers are just coming out of the factories, requiring fifty amps. That you know is what we're living in, and 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 so it's it's basic power is just an issue across the board. And then getting into the technology part of it with cash registers, uh, credit card processing equipment. The ticketing equipment that the fairs are using, the uh, scanning equipment that the ride companies are using, we're all requiring more bandwidth, which I'm not at all professed on, but um I it impacts me. I mean, we were at a big fair this fall and none of our credit card parcels would work. It's frustrating for us, it's frustrating for the customer. Um and if it if it were a percentage fair, it would be an issue with the income it they usually have the cash in their pocket when you explain that the the processor is just not working um when you explain that the atms are up the street and they come back and say they're out of money because there's been so much activity um it's just across the board and and we see it pretty much every saturday night unfortunately i mean good bad it there's too many people on the grounds our, our stuff isn't running so there is an opportunity for us to run it offline but you run the risk of having bad credit cards and losing your income.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We heard so many times this past year, obviously, uh, you know, all of us, we've got a cell phone in our pocket. We're communicating while we're there. We're looking at the app that the fair has, uh, we're doing social media and that's just us. And, and we don't think about how that impacts our vendors. And if you can't get the good signal, you can't process credit cards. And I'm going to be standing in line, very frustrated. Uh, and again, it goes back to the customer. I think you've really hit, hit the nail on the head there, because that is an issue all across the United States, but particularly in the upper Midwest, where we really don't have the internet that the capacity that's needed. So I know a lot of fairs have talked about working with for example, their, um, cell phone provider and getting what's called a cows. Uh, it's a supplemental tower. Did you experience any of that last season of fairs being able to use that to help kind of boost things up?
1: No, apparently cows are very difficult to come by.
0: Ah, okay. All right.
1: Not uh, like <laughs> we didn't do a biker event where they continually had a cow. Um, uh-huh. but, I guess there's not that many and to get your your provider to bring it is is difficult. So it is a conversation that needs to be had with those providers.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we all, you know, as fair folk, we always have to keep in mind you are when you come onto the ground, you're living there and it's your it's your home, it's your uh, employment. And every single thing has to work perfectly. And, and so these challenges of infrastructure certainly are on the radar for so many people. Well, what's next on your list, Kathy? What's the third thing we need to be thinking about?
1: Well, as I spoke, I'd, I'd like to retire someday. And um, without having a transferable contract, um, m- the value of our business is scrap metal. So um NICA and IFE have developed the white paper on transfer of ownership. Um, I think the next conversation is that is a multi-year contract for independent concessionaires. um, Your ride companies have had multi-year contracts for years. They use that as a way to go into a finance company and say, look, I have this contract. I've made this amount of money for for the last two years. I have three more years on my contract. Um, I'd like to purchase this ride. I will use this as my base for the loan and we would like the same courtesy. We provide the same part of an attraction to the fairgrounds as the ride company and we would appreciate um, multi-year contracts. We understand that there's language that has to be in it and they have to have ins and outs to them, um, but being able to transfer them or assign them to another owner, um, there's not a lot of young folks coming up into our industry. Um, So, being able to transfer uh, an established business to someone else has huge value for us. So, um, IEFE has an awesome library. Please go to that library. You'd be surprised. I've been on there and just the signage that you guys have created and, and can print, but the white paper on transfer of ownership is definitely something that fairs need to discuss.
0: Yeah, and thank you for that. That was a, a two-year work that was many, many years uh, in the coming, but our industry relations committee worked on that. We're proud of it, and, and it, obviously, it's something that we need to revisit and keep in front of people because uh, it is important for the longevity of our business. I, what Exactly what you said, we don't see too many young people coming up and wanting to live that hard life of, of going from living out of your trailer, going from place to place and uh, smelling like fried dough, I guess. <laughs>
1: There's worse things you smell like. I did as a
0: child. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Well, Kathy, this is a good time for us to take just a quick little break for a word from our sponsor, Etix. Over 100 fairs across North America trust Etix as their total ticketing and marketing partner. Visit hello.etix.com to learn about cashless solutions for rides and games, free custom websites, cash flow management, and client support every step of the way. Hello.etix.com. Welcome back, my guest today is Kathy Ross of Ross Concessions who also serves on the board of directors of IFE, as a past president of NICA, the National Independent Concessionaires. And uh, Kathy and I have been talking today about five important things uh, for all of us to remember about the life of a mobile food concessionaire and what it takes to be successful at our fairs. We've talked about the importance of customer Customer first, everything has to be facing toward that. We've talked about the importance of communication, our infrastructure needs, and the continuity of our business in terms of multi-year contracts or transfer of ownership. So we've got a little bit of time left to hit on your other two items. So what's next on your list, Kathy? Uh, uh,
1: uncomfortable conversation about rent and rent structures. It's, it's um, It just isn't easy. Um, And unfortunately with the rising cost of our products and and needs, and then that brings in the whole um, issue with um, sourcing our stock and and getting the things we need, but um, the pie can only be cut so many ways. And and if you want to have your businesses continue to upgrade and wrap their trailers, get new uniforms, get new flags, the rent structures need to be discussed. Um, And what does your rent include? If you're a percentage fair, does your rent include the admission to the fair for the vendors and their employees? Does it include their stock vehicle rent and electric to their to their stock vehicle? Does it include their house trailer and their bunkhouse? These things are just a conversation that need to be had, and that um, understand it's a struggle. It becomes an issue, um, and one of the things that that we want to share is that if you have a large turnover at your fair. There, there might be some issues with your rent structure or your, in general, your your fair vendors or your want to be there. If they're if it's a successful fair, they they want to put it in their route and they want to keep it there. And um, so if there's some turnover, you might discuss it with your vendors and say, why did you leave? What what was the issue? Was it too many of one thing or 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 just not? They didn't appreciate your product. Um, some things don't go in certain parts of the country and people think, oh, I'm going to take it there and be a pioneer. And, and it's a it's a job if you want to do that. So rent structure is a conversation that we need to have. It's just part of it.
0: So as you think about the fares that that you personally play, that Ross Concessions plays, what's the split between the number of fares that charge a flat rent versus those that charge percentage?
1: We. At this point, are all uh, footage. Okay. We play a footage to be an affair. Plus okay. electric. Plus
0: plus plus. And that's plus, just plus. by the way our route
1: is just yeah plus plus, but that's just the way our route is just developed and and we did have some percentage things that we just routing wise have have dropped but okay. um it's just the way we are.
0: And so typically, uh, just for those in our audience that may not be familiar, when we talk about footage, you are typically paying a dollar amount per front foot of space that you are using. Does that include or not include additional, like, for example, if you wanted to set up a seating area adjacent, do you pay for that as well?
1: Correct. Yes, it would be added to my footage. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. And then what is the typical thing? Are you allowed like space behind for your stock trailer or do you have to typically keep your stock trailer somewhere else?
1: It's all dependent on the fairgrounds um, accessibility. Sometimes they're right behind your unit. Um, sometimes they're miles away. So mm-hmm. it, um, it just is a, a, about a fairgrounds layout. It's not um, it's not a given
0: at mm-hmm. any time. So when we think about all of the elements of rent structure, uh, we are looking at that base rate, whether it is footage or percentage. And then, as you said, uh, there's all of the add-ons, typically electricity for either additional electricity for the unit itself, your stock trailer, your living quarter rent and utilities there, admission for uh, folks. What other type of fees might often be included in rent?
1: Sometimes you have security. Sometimes you have trash removal. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you have water. Sometimes there's a water... Um, mm-hmm. but if it's a percentage fair, my thoughts are when now we become partners and there needs to be some give and take there, um, mm-hmm. at a, at a flat footage fair, I, I believe that, you know, the additions are to be added on and that's the process.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Very good. Well, certainly a, a discussion. And I know there was a lot of discussion during the, uh, the last couple of years in terms of the deposit structures as well, the timing of deposits uh, visit, because if your fares are all at the same time, all of your deposits are going to be coming due at the same time. And that typically comes when you're not generating income. So these are the types of things that we really need to be communicating about with our fares so that we all understand each person's point of view. I'm sure you'd agree with that. Uh, most definitely. Yeah, good. Well, we've done really good here on time. What's number five on your list, Kathy, that you feel like uh, fairs and fair folks should understand about the life of a concessionaire?
1: When you're negotiating sponsorships, and I understand that that's a necessity to you to operate, and I get it, it, it's part of your business. Um, Just in the background, if they want to give something away, if they want to um, require your vendors to use them as their supplier, um, consider the impact to your vendor. Um, so typically, the soda s- soda companies are, are are sponsors to different fairs, and they require us to buy their bag-in-a-box, and that we are uh, we usually can get them to no- negotiate a, a national account pricing, which Mike has done. Um, but it's the water that they tend to really sneak in. And so a case of water that I can purchase at Sam's for $4.38 becomes $16, $18, $21, $23 a case through the through the uh, sponsor. So um therefore I have to again raise my price to the to the customer, and that's who suffers from it. So essentially we're paying your sponsorship money and above what they what we pay in rent. Um, one of the other things I want to sneak in. So so and then if they want to give away bottled water or um, a food item, consider using them in an exit gate so that they've already experienced all the things that they want. To, and then they have something to take home. Mm-hmm. And then they may leave that bottle of water in their car and see it for a couple of days. So your your value of using them as a sponsor is is greater to that sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, a real quick thing I want to throw in, even though she only gave me five, I'm going to take six. Um, <laughs> um, security. Security. Um, through 21 and now into 22, we're seeing issues on our grounds that we've not seen in the past <laughs> with the youth and the 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 wilding, the running and the and the fighting is and it's just please don't cut security if you have to cut something. Uh, we we want it for you. We want it for our industry. We want to be everyone to feel safe and comfortable in in coming to our fairs.
0: Well, boy, that is for sure. We heard so many stories in 21, uh, uh, it, it concerns in places where we'd never had them before, in county fairs and rural areas where never, and then all of a sudden the sheriff is saying, shut it down, or we're going to shut you down. And unfortunately, here we are just still recording this in the early parts of 22, and we're already beginning to hear the same thing again. So very much a concern. And and again, I, I think in, in my mind, I, I did spend one fair where I lived on grounds for, for two weeks weeks I lived in a travel trailer last year to try to figure out what your life was like and if you are on grounds living on grounds then security becomes even more important because you want to feel safe when you walk home. You want to feel safe when you get up and uh, that is your home for the period of time. So security in all aspects is is very important. Well, Kathy, it's been really great to have you with us today. Any final parting shots, your thoughts for the 22 season? Uh, How's your crystal ball looking for that?
1: Good, good. I think um, my hope and prayer was that the, the masses that we saw in 21 will get some return out of that and I think we we are. I think people that we spoke to in 21 that had not been to a fair in many years, and they came to the fair because it was free gate or whatever the situation was. I think we'll retain them in 22. Um, I think because of the outdoor aspect of our industry, it they feel more comfortable, and um, I, I'm I'm very hopeful for a, a positive 22. Let's let's hope I'm just dealing with weather issues and that's all I have to deal with.
0: Exactly right, exactly right. Well, Kathy, thank you very much for being a guest with us today and sharing uh, some ideas from the life of a full-time mobile food vendor, what it's like, the things you have to deal with in terms of being successful and taking care of our ever-important fair guest. Once again, thanks to Kathy Ross, our guest from Ross Concessions. Thank you for joining us for Marla by the Numbers, brought to you by Etix. To find out more about the IAFE and our members, please visit fairsandexpos.com or our Facebook page, IAFE The Network.